Hey, what's up, Warrior? It is Jeff here from WarriorLife.com, and welcome to podcast episode number 435. So what is the best defensive handgun for a first-time shooter with smaller hands? Now, this was Emily's question in our recent Tactical Taco Tuesday And my answer in this week's broadcast might just surprise you. And don't worry about taking notes because you can just grab our handy-dandy one-page cheat sheet covering all the major points. Now, this, as well as our other cheat sheets and a whole bunch of other training goodies are all waiting for you right now in a special section on our site we call the Loot Locker. And you can download everything absolutely free just by going to warriorlife.com slash loot. And now, let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training. Urban survival. Close Quarters Combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. Hey, what's going on there, Warriors? We are back. And look, if this is your first time tuning into our podcast, I am Jeff Anderson, Executive Director of WarriorLife.com and the Warrior Life Academy. And as I said in the intro, this question for this week uh, came in from Emily from Illinois, during one of our Tactical Taco Tuesday live streams. Now, if you're not familiar with Tactical Taco Tuesday, it is the second Tuesday of every month. And get in there, and it's our opportunity to engage with our all-access members of our War Life Academy and get some more of their questions answered during a live stream while we make crazy-ass tacos, play with our machetes, and, uh, and just have a good time. Now, Emily's question came in. And I'll share it here again. She asked, "What was what's the best defensive handgun for a first-time shooter with smaller hands? And I thought this was a really good question. And it was very timely because right after we did the broadcast and right after the Christmas holiday, there I went into the local gun store and there was a woman there with, I'm guessing was her husband, and she was shopping for her first handgun. And I was listening in, of course, on the salesperson that was trying to give her advice on what gun to get. And I have heard this over and over and over again. I get this, I get asked this question actually several times and it always amazes me. I guess some of the misinformation that's put out there, or I guess the wrong approach that's put out there by people who even consider themselves more experienced as shooters and they're giving out advice. And typically it ends up becoming like whatever the person behind the counter uses, that's oftentimes what they're telling the person on the other side of the counter to use. And it's just really the wrong way to even think about and approach this type of a scenario. I've had this question asked to me. And in fact, I had a friend of ours that I, I told this story before. And I think even during our during the live stream that we did for Tactical Taco Tuesday, where we had a friend of ours that was going out the next day to go get her first handgun. And I asked her what she was going to get. And she said, well, a Glock, of course. It's like, well, why are you getting a Glock? And she said, because that's what I've been shopping around and talking to people. And that's what they said is the best thing to get. Well, I carry a Glock. So why wouldn't it be the best thing to get? Right. But I asked her, well, how often are you going to be training with it? Like what's your, what's your training plan with it? And she just kind of looked at me kind of dazed. Like it was almost like a stupid question. And she's like, well, I'm, I don't really, I mean, I'm going to learn how to shoot it or whatever, but I'm not going to, I mean, I'll plan on, you know, she wasn't a gun person. She just, she was having some issues with a stalker and she wanted a handgun to feel more confident. And that was what the guy told her to get. I told her to get something completely different <laughs> And for the same reasons that I'm going to talk to you about today in my response to Emily's question during Tactical Taco Tuesday. 
I think my mouth was full when I was answering this question. So I figured I would do it as a, as a podcast episode just to be able to, I guess, dig, dig in a little bit deeper because I think it is a very good question. Now, for the answer for Emily and for anybody, there's, there's really no one-size-fits-all answer to everything. So the problem that I see most often with this, though, and the same thing that I saw in the gun store uh, this past week was that there's always this go-to knee-jerk response to just give a one-size-fits-all answer. Like, this is what I carry, and this is what I recommend to you because this is the best handgun, which is completely the wrong way to go about it. If you are going out for a new gun yourself and you're, and you're new to guns, if somebody doesn't start asking you questions before they give their advice, like just ignore everything else they say. Absolutely 100%. Just, just tune them out because they don't know what they're talking about. And you're just going to be headed down the wrong road. Somebody has to ask the questions first. The, que- the same questions that I ask my friends when they ask like, hey, what should I get? that I want to share with you this week. I'm also going to share with you my answer to Emily, besides these questions that needed to be asked, like what my answer was to her, just based upon the little information that I had. And I'll share that with you as well. Now, the first thing, let's talk about the questions. So the first question I always ask people is, why are you getting a firearm? It might be just for sport plinking. Like maybe somebody just wants to take it up as a sport. They want to do target shooting. Maybe it's for home defense. Maybe it's for concealed carry. Those are two different goals for your personal defense weapon. So that's the first thing I want to know is why do you want a firearm? That's going to start the process of my recommendation for them. The second question I would ask is how often do you plan on training? And I mean like think realistically about this. In fact, this is a question as you're asking somebody else you can get, dig a little bit deeper in this because if they say, well, of course I'm going to get training. I'm going to go to the, the local gun range. Okay. Well, are you really like, think about when are you going to schedule it in? Like what day of the week works best for you for you to be able to go once a week? And I say that because if you're a new gun owner and if you're planning on like a semi-automatic handgun, that's going to take a lot more training on the front end. It's not an intuitive piece of machinery there. So you really got to get used to how to use a semi-automatic weapon. I was just at a a range day. That was a few months ago. um, Some SEAL friends of mine and some other like local politicians uh, aide or something like that. We had had a small group of people. We took out to a private range and um, three or actually two SEAL, SEAL friends and one Delta guy. That was a friend of ours and kind of like looked over to the side. Like one guy couldn't figure out why his gun was jamming. And uh, I was with the, the my friend from uh, uh, from Delta and he he basically pulled out. He took me out to the side and he pulled out the the magazine for the guy's handgun. And the person had loaded the bullets facing like with the point down into the magazine not facing forward where they could go into the barrel and and go out the end. It literally put them down inside, like pointing toward the bottom of the magazine. So 
it's obviously not intuitive. It's not even intuitive. I mean, you could argue that it was kind of an idiotic move and it should have been common sense, but obviously it's not. This wasn't necessarily a stupid person. It was a stupid move, but it wasn't a stupid person that was doing this. So if you're going to choose a semi-automatic handgun, it's going to take a lot more training on the front end. So if you are thinking about you're going to be taking training, you should already have it planned out like what day of the week you're going to go. You should be signing up for a class. You're going to have to learn on a semi-automatic handgun how to do things like what if it jams? How are you going to clear the jam? How to rack the slide, how to do all these different things that come with a semi-automatic handgun. So if somebody looks at you cross-eyed when you ask them, well, how often do you plan on training? Then you already know that they're probably not going to train because a lot of gun owners who own a lot of guns, who have been shooting quite a bit, really don't go to the range all that much. They just don't. Because once you learn how to shoot it, you just feel like you know how to shoot it. Unless you really are passionate about the the about about shooting and you love going and you love blasting a few uh, rounds out there. I mean, there are people that do that, right? But but most people aren't going to. So that makes a big difference. Now, the ideal carry criteria here. In fact, I think the only criteria, when in my opinion, if you're going to carry a concealed handgun is that you also have to carry with around in the chamber and not have a handgun that has a manual safety on it, that you need to manually switch to the fire mode before you can actually fire around. And this scares a lot of people. Carrying a bullet in the chamber scares people. They're afraid it's going to go off if you're a new gun owner. And that takes time to build up that confidence. So you have to get used to your handgun. You have to go and train with it. You have to carry it so that you really understand that it's not just going to go bang on its own. If you've got a, if you have a, if you're carrying it the right way, you have a good holster that's protecting the trigger guard. I mean, you're, you're going to be fine, but that does take some time to be able to do that. So I say all that because if somebody isn't going to put in the time to train and get used to their handgun, that is going to make a big difference in the choice that they make for their weapon. The third question um, really comes down to hand strength. This is something that you might even be able to visually look at or even just looking at the person. So what I mean by this is it could be a woman of smaller stature, stature, a man of smaller stature. It really doesn't matter. It could be somebody who is older and doesn't have as strong a hands. And this is going to be important because there are things that you are going to need strength with depending upon the type of handgun that you're choosing. For example, if you are loading a magazine, I mean, I see people struggling just to be able to load the bullet into the magazine itself, just really struggling with it. Racking the slide. Are you going to be able to rack the slide of a semi-automatic handgun? What about the disassembly to clean it? Are you going to be able to do that? That that sounds a little bit, you know, kind of like things people don't understand. But listen, if it's too hard to clean, if you're not going to learn how to how to take apart a semi-automatic handgun, if you can't pull the slide back like on a Glock, you know, pull the slide forward a little bit and then pull down with both of your fingers on these tiny little latches on the side and then slide. If you're not going to take the time to do that or if you don't have the hand strength for it, then you're not going to disassemble it. You're not going to clean it. And then you have a dirty weapon that is very possibly going to jam on you at some point, and then you're not going to know what to do with it. Also, when it comes to hand strength, you have to think about recoil control. 
because it's not just the type of handgun that you get. What caliber are you gonna are you gonna get also? So recoil control, are you gonna be able to get that second round on on target there? The fourth question comes down to if you are gonna carry concealed handgun, how do you plan on carrying it? I ask this question because people really have to think about it before they get their handgun. The more complicated the carry that they plan on using is going to be then the less time that you're going to have to be able to get it into the fight or the more time you're going to need in order to get into the fight. So what I mean by that is if somebody, if it's a woman, for example, and they say, well, I'm going to carry it in my purse. Okay. Well, are you going to have, are you going to get a concealed carry purse? Are you going to have it just loosely in there? Are you going to have a holster? Like these are all questions that they most likely aren't even asking themselves, but it matters in how they're going to carry it. Okay, now let's get on to some of the answers of this and, and the recommendations that I gave to Emily based upon the information that she gave, but also some of the answers back to some of the like the questions that you're going to ask somebody. Now, again, I want to say that no one size fits all. You might have tried a different type of a handgun. You might have given your friend or spouse or somebody that is new to handguns, you might have worked with them. It might have worked all fine for you. So I'm not saying that my recommendation is going to be the the be all end all, but I think you're going to find it to be a very common sense answer that is going to work very well for the majority of people out there. Okay. So for a newbie to guns, drum roll here, uh, for, for someone who is new to guns, looking for a defensive handgun, either concealed carry or home defense, and with smaller hands, my recommendation is a Ruger LCR revolver or a Ruger LCR X revolver in 22 long rifle. I'll explain the difference between those two and why I make that recommendation. So first of all, let's talk about simplicity. With a revolver, there's not a lot of moving parts. So it's not as intimidating. If you hand a semi-automatic handgun to somebody who's new to guns, it can very well be intimidating to them. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to rack the slide. They don't know how to reload it. They don't know where the, the magazine release button is. They don't, there's a lot of things. How do you grip it? Like they just, there's nothing intuitive about it. And so it can be very intimidating. And if it's intimidating to somebody, they're less likely to train with it because they don't want to look like an idiot down at the gun range. And therefore, they're less likely to carry it because they don't really know what to do with it. So they just have either somebody, and and I swear to God, this is an actual thing that people do. They will get it loaded and they will just keep it in their house if they ever need it. Maybe put it in a safe somewhere. So a revolver like like the Ruger LCR is not intimidating. There's not a lot of moving parts. There's a very short training curve because there's not a lot going on. You don't need a lot of ongoing range time to use it because it's a revolver. You really just pull the trigger and that's it. There's no safety on it. There's no manual safety for it. Like the safety for a revolver like this is really just that it, the trigger pull is hard enough that it's not just going to, it's not like a hair trigger where if you touch it, it's going to go off. So there's a, it's got a long trigger pull on it. It's a smooth trigger pull on the Ruger LCR, but 
it is going to, you know, you're going to need to pull back on that thing. It's also not going to jam because a semi-automatic handgun might not load the round in the chamber with the revolver. It's all it has is the cylinder that's going to travel around and it's going to put the next bullet in and right in right in line to be able to go out, go out the tube at the end. It's super simple. It's not intimidating. Your training is really just for functionality of it. That's it. Just to be able to point and shoot around is always in the chamber. So if we go back to like I for me, the only criteria for if you're going to carry a handgun is that there needs to be a round in the chamber and not have a manual safety. Well, the Ruger LCR revolver fits the bill for both of those. There's always a round in the chamber as long as it's loaded and it's not going to jam. There's no manual safety on it. All good stuff, right? Super simple. All right. Tip number two here for or the reason number two has to do with hand strength or having smaller hands. So the trigger does, as I said, it, it's a little bit harder to pull the trigger back. So it is going to take some strength to pull it back, but it's not too bad. Plus, there is a caveat to this. So hang on because there's a, there's a difference here. And I'll, I'll talk to that, talk about that here in just in a little bit. But this is why I suggest a 22 long rifle for the caliber for the Ruger LCR for somebody who's new to guns and has smaller hands. So first of all, 22 long rifle, very small bullet. It doesn't have the kick that a higher caliber has. So it's not going to be as intimidating for new shooters. I have the Ruger LCR in 22 long rifle in nine millimeter, and I carry one on my ankle for my get off me gun in 357 Magnum, super high caliber round, right? There's a huge difference in shooting the 22 long rifle and shooting either the nine millimeter, uh, nine millimeter or the 357. The 357, because we're talking about like it's, it's got a, I mean, this revolver has a very short barrel on it. So it's going to feel like, I mean, if you've got a 357, it's going to feel like a cannon going off in your hand. Now I can handle it, but somebody who is new to shooting tries that for the first time, it's going to scare the hell out of them and that might intimidate them. A 22 long rifle is not going to have a lot of kick to it. So it's not going to be as intimidating for new shooters. Now, it's also likely in a real attack that you are going to have to shoot more than one round to be able to stop your attacker. So I'll be the first to say that a 22 long rifle is not the man stopper round out there that that's going to like stop somebody. But there again, there's a caveat to this here. And I'll talk about that here in just a little bit when we talk about stopping power. But most likely, it is going to take more than one round to stop your attacker, no matter which handgun that you're going to use. But recoil control, especially for somebody with smaller hands, of a 22 long rifle is way, way easier than another round is. So recoil control for the 22 long rifle is going to be easier. Your, your second round is going to come out faster. It's going to come out more, uh, more accurate. You're going to have, it's just going to be a way better second plus round for you, all right? Now, the other thing when it comes to the LCR revolver is that the grip is going to be a lot easier to hold on to than a semi-automatic handgun. Semi-automatic handgun has to have a grip that's going to be large enough to be able to hold the magazine in it. Revolver doesn't have that. It has a very ergonomic pistol grip for it that is easy for anybody 
I mean, it's just a very intuitive hold on it. You can just get a better grip on it. Now, this is going to help somebody with smaller hands, both in shooting, but also in retention. It's going to help anybody better with retention. It's another reason why I choose a revolver for my my ankle gun, for my get-off-me gun, because I'm going to be grappling on the ground with somebody, and if I can get to that gun, I'm in grappling mode at that point. If they grab it, I need to be able to hold on to it. So another reason why I like the revolver over a semi-automatic handgun. All right, third point here when it comes to how it's going to be carried. So this is where I branch off between the Ruger LCR and the Ruger LCR-X. The Ruger Ruger LCR is a a double-action revolver, so there – and it has a – there is no hammer. There's no external hammer to it. So if you're very familiar, even with cap guns, right? When you go to pull the pull the trigger, you've got the hammer that comes back, and that's going to strike the the firing pin there on onto the bullet. Or I mean, I mean the the hammer's going to come back, and that's going to that's going to um, engage that that bullet, right? Well, you see that hammer coming back there. With the Ruger LCR, there is no external hammer. It's rounded on the back. Hold on to that thought. The Ruger LCR X can also shoot single action. So it has an external hammer that you can cock back. And when you do that, the trigger pull is going to be a lot lighter. So you're not trying to, like with the with the, the double action, when you're pulling back the, the, the trigger, you're essentially pulling back that hammer that's going to strike um, and engage that, engage that cartridge. So you're, 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 doing two actions basically there at the same time. It's coming back and it's going forward. Whereas the single action revolver mode of the Ruger LCRX, you can pull it back to cock it and then you just have a much easier trigger pull to be able to shoot that round. So here's why that matters. If Emily is going to carry her gun concealed in a purse, or actually anywhere, I would say, then the LCR is a better option because of the hammerless frame that it has. Because that hammer, that external hammer, could get snagged on clothing, or if it's inside of a purse, let's say, I recommend that you know if women are going to carry their handgun in their purse, when you're going out to your car, like you're not going to be able to, you know, in an ambush, you're not going to be able to get inside of your purse, you know, wait right there, hold on one second, bad guy, I'm, I need to get in my purse to get my gun. You've got to get to that thing fast. I recommend that women actually hold on to their handgun as they're going to their car, finger off the trigger, but have it inside of their purse because you can shoot through a purse. I mean, yeah, it's going to be an expensive replacement for that, but a hell of a lot less expensive than your funeral. But if you have an external hammer on it, it can get snagged on something inside and it might stop you from shooting altogether. Something could get in the way of the hammer as it comes back down. It could keep it from going back. It's just going to be a recipe for disaster. So if you are going to carry a a revolver for uh, concealed, I recommend whether you're carrying it on your person or you're going to carry it inside of a purse, get the LCR because it is a hammerless gun. Now, if you are just getting a handgun for home defense, that's where I recommend that somebody go with the LCR-X in 22 long rifle. And the reason why I say that is because the external hammer for single action use is going to make it a lot easier to shoot. Plus, it has a slightly longer barrel on it, so you're going to get more accuracy at longer ranges with it versus kind of the snub nose on the Ruger LCR 
uh, that, that I recommend. So the reason why this matters is because you shouldn't be out there clearing your home, especially if you're new to guns, going out there with a pistol, trying to figure out what's going on out there. You're best off just hunkering down into your safe room. You should pre-designate what that safe room is. It might be the closet of your bedroom. You might have several around. You might have a few different ones around the house. But in that instance, you just want to hunker down, call 911, and have your weapon ready to go. So... In that instance, putting it back in single action use and pulling the trigger back means you are going to, when you do put your finger on the trigger to use it, because you do identify an actual life or death threat, when you put your finger on there, it's going to be an easier trigger pull, which means that you're going to be more accurate with it because as you're pulling with, with a longer, tr- longer, harder trigger pull, unless you pull directly back. You're really gonna you're gonna be sending that bullet kind of to the left or to the right. It's very easy for new shooters, especially, to just not even hit their target with the handgun. If it is a concealed carry ambush, well, you're gonna be a lot closer. It could be a contact shot. There's different things that you can do with it there. But for home defense, I like the single action use of the LCR. Also, with the longer, <coughs> excuse me, the longer barrel on it and being more accurate in a home defense situation, it could be somebody at the end of the the hallway that you've got, or even in your living room, you're going to want more accuracy in that situation, in a home defense situation like that. So that's where I I, I differ. I'm going to say, depending upon your answer to the question of what you want your weapon for, that's going to change how I, I recommend that. Okay. All right. The final point here is related to stopping power, because I know that one of the big things that people are going to say on this podcast is, well, the 22 long rifle is not a man stopper of a round. Absolutely 100% true, but really no round is. The, the truth is, is that a handgun is a relatively uh, ineffective weapon against a human-sized target. It is. like It's not going to be like the movies where it blows the guy back through the plate glass window. So no round really is a, a, a great man-stopper. Now, that doesn't mean that a nine millimeter is not or, or is just as good as a 22 long rifle. The, the real answer is it can, a 22 long rifle can be just as effective as a 44 Magnum. I mean, there are stories of bad guys being stopped and even killed with a 22 long rifle bullet. But here's why I say it, it can just be just as powerful as a 44 Magnum because criminals don't want to get shot period. They, they know that if they get shot with anything, they're going to have to go to the hospital. And when they do, the hospital has to call the police. That's They're required to do that. And when the police come, they're going to put him in handcuffs and take him off as soon as he gets well. So criminals don't want to get shot by anything, whether it's a 22 or whether it's a 44 Magnum. It doesn't matter. So as long as you're making a bang, it could very easily send criminals just running for the hills to get the hell out of there so that you, the, that next round doesn't hit them. So while a 22 long rifle is not the man stopper bullet that I would prefer that somebody have, because a nine millimeter is going to be better, like in, in the hands of somebody who's skilled and can can fire multiple rounds there, it is going to be get a better chance, going to get more 
more penetration into the body cavity. It's going to have a better chance of striking an organ that is going to stop the attacker. It's going to have a, a, a larger wound cavity. They're going to bleed out faster. Like there's, of course, a nine millimeter or 380 or anything is going to be a better ballistic round than a 22. But that doesn't mean that a 22 can't be a one shot stopper. Okay. Now, all of this being said, I do highly recommend that anybody that's going to buy a handgun for personal defense, work your way up to a higher caliber of a handgun. And I do recommend going with a semi-automatic handgun eventually because it does offer you more options for a lot of different things. For carrying more rounds with you, it's faster and easier to reload if you actually carry extra ammo. So I do recommend that if this is where you start out because you're new to guns, that you eventually work your way up. Because even with smaller hands, you can work on hand strength. You can use different – you're going to find little different hacks to be able to – better manipulate the gun, even with the hand strength that you have. In other words, like racking the the gun, like with the slingshot version, we're using two fingers there on the back of the slide versus a C grip over the top of the handgun. You're going to find that there, there are things that you can do to compensate for weaker hands or smaller hands. So I do recommend that you work your way up when you can to a higher caliber semi-automatic weapon. Okay. And now it's time for your advice. What have you given in the way of advice for people who have asked you in the past about getting their first handgun? What was your first handgun and why did you choose it? You can go ahead and leave your comment wherever you are listening to your podcast. You can go over to warriorlifepodcast.com. That'll take you over to the podcast section of our website where you can leave a comment there. Share your experience with other people. We'd love to hear how you decided on your first handgun and what advice you've given others there. All right. And until our next broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson from warlife.com saying live like a warrior. You've been listening to the warrior life podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us and leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.